So I'm going to introduce the guest speaker. It's me. Um, most of y'all know Dad's not been feeling well, and Mom called me about, I think it was 1.30 this afternoon, and said, hey, want to preach tonight? And I said, sure. And I didn't have anything, so we'll see how this goes. This, Chuck said that he had never led those songs before. That was his first time leading the songs. This is my first time ever preaching, so we'll see. He did a good job with the songs. Hopefully I will do a good time here, uh, or a good job here. We'll see how that goes. Um, so as you can see with the video, you can see what we're going to have as our theme for tonight. And, and the title I titled this was A New Year Focused on Jesus. And it kind of worked out. Dad had picked out uh, something similar. And so the songs worked out well with Chuck and everything. So everyone knows what time of year it is, right? It's the end of the year. It's New Year's. It's what? New Year's resolution time. This is the time where we make all of our New Year's resolutions. We promise to get skinnier and healthier, spend less money, do all those kind of things that we're going to do. And about two weeks into it, we stop and go back the way we were doing things. So I thought, well, since we're doing this, let's look at some of the top resolutions of 2019. And when we look at those, it's interesting. I, I think most of them, I've mentioned some of them already. Uh, the first five were diet, eat healthier, exercise more, lose weight. You know, the three are always around being healthier. One is save money, spend less, uh, come up with a new skill or hobby. This was actually mine. Well, all the other ones were on there for 2019. But public speaking was one of mine for a new skill to get better at, which is interesting since I'm fulfilling that at the end of the year. Uh, quit smoking was number six. Read more, find another job, drink less, spend more time with family. Now, all of these are good resolutions. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, they're, I mean, all of them are self-improving. Uh, they're, you know, especially the, the smoking less, the drinking less, that's, that's probably a good thing. Uh, but all of these are self-improving things and things that help you get to, to doing better. But I thought, well, us as Christians, what should we, what should our New Year's resolution, you know, these are good ones to have as Christians, and there's nothing wrong with these. But what we said, so I was looking and I kind of found some stuff, and, and I thought, well, let me, let me put this together. I, I think there's four that we can look at that would be really good resolutions, not only for us, but for us as a church as well. So if we do them personally, it's going to tie in and it's going to grow and do well for the church as well. So I came up with Christian resolutions of 2020, and you actually have already seen them uh, in the video. But the first one is that we fix our eyes upon Jesus, meaning that we focus on him, that we, we look at him. If we look at 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, So we do not look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. And so if we break this down and, and we look at it, do not look at the troubles we can see now. And it, I mean, it seems like every day if we look in the world, you look on Facebook, you look in the news, it just seems like the troubles we have are, are, are worse almost every single day. It's a new thing coming out against the president. It's a new thing over here. It's a new... I mean, we look at, for example, today in a church of Christ in Texas, someone walks into a church and, 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 and shoots someone. Luckily, they had taken the, the measurements that they needed to do, and they were able to shut that down quickly. But still, one person, well, technically two people, lost their lives. And, you know, and so it's like, well, don't focus on these things. Don't look at these things. And it's hard not to. We're all standing here. I mean, it, this could be us. It could be us in here having that same situation, someone coming in. So it's like, well, you tell us not to look at the troubles. 
But he says these things will soon be gone. You know, all this stuff that we see, all this stuff that happens, all the bad things in the world that, that we, we come around with, it's going to be gone. It's not going to be here one day. It's all going to burn up, and, and we're going to be in two, one of two places. And so he says, fix your eyes on the things that cannot be seen, which is Christ, right? Fix your eyes on Jesus, on, on what he, you know, his salvation, his truth, because these things we cannot see will last forever. Jesus is eternal, the spiritual side. The physical world, God's already let us know. He's going to destroy it. He's going to burn it up. It's going to be gone. But the spiritual side is going to last forever. And so we need to focus on that, have a spiritual focus, focus our eyes on Jesus and what he wants us to do as Christians, not only here in the church, but out in the world as well. The next one, number two, I resolve to run the race marked out for me. How many of y'all thought when you become a Christian you were going to have to run? I don't like running. I used to run track, and I hate running. If we look at Hebrews 12.1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the, the sin that so easily trips, trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So in this term, he's using these terminologies here. This was... a, a Greek culture in that, in that time around those areas. And so there was a lot of, uh, as we know, that's where a lot of the Olympics uh, came from that time, and that running wasn't a popular thing. And in fact, they would actually run, when they talk about strip off everything, they would actually run in the nude. They would actually remove everything that could hinder them when they ran. That way they could continue uh, unburdened by anything while they were running. But God tells us to do this. But I love this, this first part. It says we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of our faith. I, I like how that's, that's broken down. It says if we are Christians, they're going to look at us. They're going to see us. We are a witness. I'm sorry. We are evidence to them to their life of faith. So we need to make sure as Christians that we are doing everything we can to strip off the weight that slows us down. Now, this could be easy things. This could be hard things. But not only does he say strip, down the things, strip off the things that weigh you down, he goes on and says, especially the sin that so easily trips you up. You know, I could talk about how I'm, I don't do this particular sin over here, or I could say I, I don't do this particular, I, I've stripped all these off, but then we could still be running around just continually tripping over that same sin that, we're, that we have in our lives that we're, we're not able to get rid of. So we need to focus on that sin that easily trips us up. Why? Not on, one, one, not only because we shouldn't be sinning, right? And we, try to, we need to try to get rid of those things. But we're, you know, we, we are witness to people for the life of Christ. And if we're out there and we're trying to, witness to people and to bring others to Christ, and we have all these sins in our lives that are easily are showing on, on our side, then we're not going to be a very good witness. Now, this isn't to say we're not going to sin, and we're not going to, you know, when we're out there, we're not going to sin, and we're not going to mess up, everyone messes up. But we we, we got to do it in a way that doesn't make us look like we're, we're a bunch of hypocrites. And then he says, once you've done that, run with endurance the race God has set before you. Now, Anyone in here ever run a marathon? 
You can have that. All right. So let me ask you, if we were going to run marathons, we're not going to just get up and say, hey, I'm going to go run a marathon and do it tomorrow, right? What happens? You have to build up what? Endurance. So if I'm going to go out and build, a, build up and become in, become, get the endurance to run this race, we cannot be what I call, I, I, I've kind of developed this term, I call them box checkers, right? Where the, the type of Christians who they show up on Sundays, and they may show up every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and, you know, but it's, it's, it's because they need to check that box off. I've done these things, I've done all these things, so I get to heaven. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, running a race in endurance. If you're going to do that, how do you do that? If you're going to run a marathon and you're going to get the endurance of a marathon, what, how, how often do you have to run? Is it three times a week, two times a week? Every day. So that's the third one. Take up my cross daily. If I'm going to run this race as a Christian, if I'm going to focus my eyes on Jesus and I'm going to run his race, then I need to take up his cross daily. If we look at Luke 9, verse 23, it says, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Uh, the New American Standard says, Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. So we're going to have to do this. If you want to follow him, it's not just, a, oh, I want to follow Jesus, I believe in Jesus, okay, I'm good now, right? You've got to take up your cross. Now, let's put this in context. In that day and age, what did it mean if you were taking up a cross? If someone saw you with a cross in that day, what did that mean? You were going to die. Right, so Jesus says here, if you want to follow me, you've got to be willing to take up a cross and follow me. Meaning you must, you know, again, obviously we're not going to die every day as a Christian. But he's, he, the, the point he is emphasizing here, he's saying, we have to take up a cross and be willing to die every single day for Christ. And it has to be daily. It's not Sunday, it's not Wednesday, it's not Oh, the church is having an event, so I need to be there. It's you need to take up that cross. You need to follow Jesus every single day, even if it means death. And then fourthly, with all of that, the fourth resolution is to do all for the glory of God. If we look at 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, it says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now, we're human. I'm going to talk about this one for a minute because this one, I think, uh, I think this one can, can impact a lot of us. A lot of the other ones, they're, sometimes they're hard, but I think this one, as humans, when we tend to do things, we like, we like the what when we do stuff? We like to get the praise, right? We like the... We like the, 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 the glory, I'll, I'll say. We, we like the attention around that sometimes. Now, some people don't, but there's some of us that do. I know sometimes, like as us in the church, you know, we have you know, me and Robbie and Helen and a lot of these people, we're doing a lot of these events. We'll do VBS. And sometimes, you know, we're so proud of how many people we'll have for our VBS. Or we're, we're so proud of, you know, and, and we do it for the right reason, right? Because we get, you know, we're getting all these kids in here. We're getting adults in here. And, and we're, 
introduce them to God, and we're doing it in a fun way that's different than what they've seen before. But sometimes, you know, even that, we have to be careful because we can get a little prideful in that. We can get a little bit like, oh, well, we do a, such an awesome job. We're the best at this. We, you know, and we've got to remember who we're doing that for. We're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for God and for his glory. And so th- this can be hard sometimes because human nature is to be selfish, is to, you know, want to get the praise when, when, when you do something. You know, we, we see that a lot of times. You know, if, you, if someone starts something, and this is where a lot of leaders have problems, They'll, they'll start something, they'll start an organization, or they'll start something, and then all of a sudden, they're not the ones, you know, as it grows, they're not the ones getting the attention for it anymore. Someone else is, because, you know, there's, there's other people in the organization running it and doing things. So this can be the same way in the church. As the church grows and we get people in, in the church, and as the church grows, you know, we've got to make sure that we're not, you know, putting that, that the minister up on, the, on a pedestal, right, or, or, or deacons or elders or certain people up on pedestals, and, and putting them above others. You know, we've got to make sure that what we're doing is for God's glory and for him and tying all these together. So as we look at all these, and I may get at y'all out of here really early, so, but I'm sure you're not going to be mad. Um, if, if we look and we, look and we take these, just these four resolutions, right? I, I'm, I'm not saying the other ones aren't good. I mean, trying to be healthy, trying to lose weight, eating better, all that stuff, I mean, that's, that's, a lot of that's biblical, right? The, we're the Bible, we're the temple of God. We, you know, we are to do things that is good for the body. But we need to do things that's good for the spirit as well. And so if we do these things, if we, you know, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, let me ask you this. Anyone ever try to run full speed and look at the ground while doing it or look sideways? What happens if you're not fixing your eyes on Jesus when you go to take off running or, or say you're running somewhere what happens if you don't fix your eyes on that? You're going to fall down, right? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to run into something. An interesting thing, you know, to t- kind of go into this, y'all know I'm a geek, I'm a nerd, I love the show Mythbusters. And they actually blindfolded people, and they tried to get them to walk in a straight line. It was, it was crazy. I mean, I would think, you know, you could at least somewhat get, man, they were walking in circles, they, I mean, it, would, it looked just like someone that took a crayon or a pencil and just drove all over the map where they're going. And so if we don't fix our eyes on Jesus, first of all, we take off running, we're not going to be able to go the right direction. So we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, run the race, start running, take up that cross. We've got to prepare. If we're not running, if we're not doing this, we t- start taking up that cross, we're not going to be ready for it, and we see that sometimes. And then we've got to make sure that all that we do is for the glory of God. And I think, like I said, I think this is something we can take and apply to ourselves personally. But I think it's something that if we do personally and then we take it and apply it, you know, we are the church. We take it and apply it to the church itself and the things that we do. People are going to notice. People are going to be like, you know, and we've already got, because we've made a lot of changes over the last couple of years, and and you all know that. And people have already asked, you know, what are you all doing? You know, there's going to be some, people are going to notice those things. And so we're, we're trying to do that. And people are going to see that difference. But I want, and this is my goal for myself and hopefully for the church as well, as we go into 2020, is, is to do these things here. And it's going to make us a completely different people. You know, we're, we're going to get rid of some of those things, the focus on things that really don't matter. Focusing on things that are the physical, right? I mean, we, we talk about the building sometimes, and, and we're supposed to be good stewards of what we have and what we own. But that does not need to be our focus, all right? Our focus needs to be everyone out there in the world, but it needs to be in a way not 
oh, well, you know, once you, are, you look a little bit more like me or you, you act a little bit more like me or you behave a little bit more like me or you're a little more spiritual like me, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about going out and, and using these resolutions to become this. And this is what I would love to see us known as. Follower of Jesus who are known as people who like and care for people who are nothing like them. It's easy for us to act very, I say Christian-like, or friendly to people who are a lot like us, right? It's easy for us to, you know, say hi and have those conversations with and hang out with those people who are at least decent moral people like we are, even, you know, or Christians like we are. But it's a lot harder to hang out with or spend time with the more what we would consider or what, you know, more immoral people of the world, right? Going out and hanging out with someone who may be completely different than you, have completely different viewpoints than you. Someone who is nothing like you and, and getting to know that person and having conversations with that person and introducing them to who Jesus is. That is what Christ did. If you look back through Christ's life, he sought out the people who were the furthest from him in almost any way. Tax collectors who were considered the most horrible people of the day, prostitutes, you know, fishermen who were just regular tradesmen who for the most part, you know, most people believe were probably illiterate, would have been some of the, the what could be the lower of the low in that day and age. And that is who Jesus sought out. So we are to reflect him and so we need to be making sure that we are doing the same thing. And that's hard because I will be honest and I will say this, for the most part, not to say everyone, but for the most part, churches in general really have not been doing that. Our focus has been internal. You know, what can we do for the people of the church? Which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all you do and your focus is not outside the church, then we see what we've seen and what we've been studying is that the church slowly starts to die and die off because it gets older. You're not bringing new people in, and we've got to learn how to connect. So I want us to get to a point to where when people see the Lake Park Church of Christ, and we saw an example of it today, you know, some of our stuff being published in the newspaper. That is the kind of stuff that, you know, they see that we are doing things for, for the community. We're doing things for the public, for our shut-ins, for, for, you know, the, the ladies, just the ladies of the church and everything they're doing. It's wonderful to see that. And I want people, when they hear the, the, the term, Lake Park Church of Christ or Church or Church of Christ, whatever we say, they say, they see someone who's like, when we invite unbelieving, what we might consider misbehaving troublemakers to join us, they're going to be intrigued. And say, you know what, that's that church down the road that, you know, that, that they're different. They act different, you know. So-and-so went to their church and they opened them with open arms, even though he or she had all this stuff, you know, had done all this stuff. And they treated them like family. And I'll be honest, we do a good job of that. We, I cannot tell you how many times people will walk in the door and be like, you know what, I felt at home when I walked in. But I want to be honest, too. Most of those people that say that and who we hear that from are not the kind of people that we're talking about here. They're not the ones who, who are down in the dumps, who have just done those horrible, horrible things. You know, most of them are Christians from other churches or visitors who go to church at other places. That's good. That's good that when they come here, they feel like family. 
But we need to make sure that if someone walks in that door who's a meth head or whatever they got going on, and they walk in that door, and you can tell that they still feel like family as well. And then we need to make sure that we're out in the world building these relationships and bringing people to the church to do these things. Because I want it to be like this says here. If we invite them to say, hey, why don't you come down to the Lake Park Church of Christ? One, I've heard about them, and man, so I'm interested. I've heard some really different things about your church and the things that you do for people. That way, if they're not inclined, or if they're not intrigued to accept our invitation, they're definitely going to be inclined to. And say, you know what, I've got to go down there, and I have to go and check out this church because they're a different church, right? They're they're a whole lot different. And that's what we need to be. We need to be different. We need to stand out. We need to be open to the world and the the outside world and invite them in so that they can see Jesus. Because if if we don't do it, no one else is going to do it. But we need to do it in a way that, that... that opens them up. And, and that's, my, that's my hope. And I think if we take this and we focus on who Jesus was and who Jesus is, then I, I think that'll be a very easy resolution to go through. And I, I just say, take your time. I mean, go through and study. The one thing that I love to do, I love to study the actual acts of Jesus. Not, I mean, I, you know, everything he said is, is obviously 100%. But I, I like seeing what he did before he s- said it. Or what he did after he said it. You, you, you look at those things, and, and there's, there's, you read between a lot of the lines, and especially if you understand a lot of the context of the day and a lot of the people that he dealt with, his actions just is unreal, the, the, the love that those actions showed uh, for those people of that day. So that's my goal. Hopefully that's my, my resolution for myself, and I hopefully it will spread into the church. And, and the church will, can, can adapt a lot of those resolutions as well. Also, we, you know, something we always do, you know, and it being the end of the year and, and, and being right before 2020, you know, if you haven't given your life to Christ, and I, I look around and I think most people in this room have, but if you haven't, you know, this is a perfect opportunity, right? We're, we're, we're going into 2020. It's time for a renewal. What better way to kick off a renewal and kick off 2020 than becoming a Christian? And so... If you, if you haven't done that, let's do that. But also, if, you know, as a Christians, we also, we, we have our issues. All of us have our issues, you know. And sometimes we're afraid to come down here and talk about them, you know. But whatever it is, if you want to come down and talk about it, if you want to, you know, talk about something with, some of the, with dad or with some of the elders, make sure you, you, you talk about those. Get your issues, you know, work, worked out. You know, pray. That's what the church is here for, for us to pray for you and to help you because it's not going to, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. So as we stand and sing, if you have anything that you need to bring forward, come now while we stand and sing.